Let's face it, living takes guts, and living a full life takes a lot of guts. Igniting Courage podcast is the place you can come to get a blast of courage from real people who are clawing their way through life just like you are. We're going to talk about big courage and also little daily courage. You'll hear people's opinions on how to build courage and how to summon it when you would rather join the circus and never be heard from again. So welcome. I'm glad you had the guts to show up for this conversation. This is my interview with the ever-fabulous Esther Colinetti. I took Esther's spinning class probably way back in 2004 and was immediately terrified and completely enamored with her. She is a powerhouse of a human being and teaches just one bitch of a spinning class. Um, And I always kind of had to give myself a pep talk before I went in because I knew she was going to be super intense and pull the best out of me. And then when I saw she was doing a retreat last September, I said, ooh, I got to look into this. I'd really like to soak up some coaching and some great stuff from Esther. And then I saw it was in Iceland, so I immediately put down a deposit. Esther's a courageous woman, and little did I know she was going through another courageous transition right at the time of this interview. I am going to leave it at that and enjoy this amazing woman and the amazing courage she has to share. Welcome to Igniting Courage podcast. I have one of my, I'll even say one of my idols, Esther Colinetti with me. Esther used to be one of my instructors. Now she is the master of her own universe. Esther, welcome and thank you for getting on the podcast today. Hello and thank you so much for having me here. I really yeah, appreciate your I'm, words, and yeah, it's been, we've been together for a long time as friends, so really, uh, I'm humbled by, by your words. Well, I'm, I'm super excited, and I, we keep running into each other in different contexts, and so I'm excited to sort of bring you into my context with the world of courage, because when I think about courage, your face comes up, your smiling face comes up in my brain. So let's just go on small scale for today. This is my first question for all my, my new first question, Esther, where has courage played a role today for you, just in the last, what, 12 hours? Oof. Uh, 12 hours, I, I think courage is, for me, played in my life, even my last 12 hours, is having those hard, honest conversations. It may be with your own self, because, you know, in our own self, we have our voice that is constantly talking to us, and then we're faced with day-to-day with our employees or our friends or our family, and for me, it's like being courageous is like being truly honest, speaking the truth. Sometimes you cannot say the entire truth, but at least you're saying enough truth that the story is there and it's authentic. Yeah. And you're, I just found out a couple minutes ago, you've got a lot of exciting, courageous, scary stuff going on right now. So tell us a little bit about what's going on in your life. Um, for the past five years, I have been uh, working extremely hard, putting my heart and soul into a business. Uh, I opened RevCycle Studio, which is a uh, indoor cycling studio in Baltimore, downtown. After two years of being open, we opened a second studio. So in five years, the business um, has two studios. That piece by itself, uh, it was my, my baby. Like I, it took a lot of courage to open that studio, to believe in myself. It took a lot of courage to, like, you know, put uh, bank loans in it. And now when you ask, you know, what are you uh, doing right now with that piece, I am actually involved in the process 
of selling my baby right now. So for the past five years, I've been working my ass off in this business, and and now it ha- it's taken me a lot of courage to realize that my dream has not expired. My dream has evolved, and therefore I am stepping down as the um, one of the co-owners. We're two owners. And my business partner is buying me out. And it has been an incredibly hard decision to make just because that was my dream. That was my, that is my passion. It still is my passion. But in order for us to continue to evolve in this life, we have to be completely honest and vulnerable, not, not just with the world, but with ourselves. And for me, to face that this challenge of do I stay at Rev or do I now truly expand and evolve my own self out of Rev has been extremely hard to make, and I am happy that I'm declaring it. It's like declaring it to the world that I'm ready to move on. Wow. And, and so, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't even think that was an option to let go of this thing. Like you said, you put your heart and soul into it. You talked about your dream evolving. So what is that evolution look like? Um, the evolution, which is, you know, I'm the only one right now seeing my future, correct? And, and even though I may plan and, and goal coach myself towards a future, I, of course, cannot see the future. I cannot expect the future to revolve the way that I'm seeing it. So I'm walking into the unknown, which is always fearful, um, starting new, starting from scratch, leaving a, a whole business behind. But it has evolved in the sense that, being a business owner, you get completely sucked in into that dream in a tunnel vision. The everyday operation, right? Like you're in charge of HR, you're in charge of hiring. If the toilet breaks, you have to you have to go and fix the toilet. <laughs> if a light bulb yeah. uh, burns out, you have to fix the light bulb. So if there's more about than just uh, staffing. It's also the day-to-day operations. And for me, the day-to-day operations was not truly my forte, like my forte is the vision, the creator. Uh, I teach classes. I love to mentor uh, instructors. I love to teach instructors. I I love the coaching aspect. I love the client interaction, but the day-to-day operation, that's just not me. And so my dream has evolved in the sense that I did it. I've learned so much, and now I've realized I want something more. I want to just work with the creation pieces. I want to just work with coaching. I just want to just teach. I want to lead retreats like I'm being in contact with clients. I'm in contact with clients in my classes, but there's other ways of staying inspired with my clients. So I want to evolve my dream into something that I truly, truly love. And I don't feel that I'm stuck in one location, which is, you know, right now Baltimore and with Rev being a, an owner, you know, with daily operations, you are stuck in that field. And I feel like I, I've evolved in the sense that I need my freedom back. And I want to still do what I love with my clients in a different format. Exciting. What does that new format look like? What is so your plan at this point? Because I know this is probably an evolution too. <laughs> yeah. Like right now, um, when everything is said and done with closing my chapter with Rev, I will pursue a new career as a consultant um, I've realized my strength at Rev, writing all the goals, the mission of our business, creating that elevation for our staff, and therefore then they can elevate their clients. So doing more of that with other studios. So uh, someone can hire me as a consultant. We have this new studio, let's say, in Arizona, 
in Santa, wait, that's New Mexico, New Mexico, Santa Fe, New Mexico, <laughs> can, you, can you come and, and train our instructors? Can you help train our, our team to get inspired? So it's more of a consultant of branding, you know, like figuring out their brand so I can help them with their brand, and then helping get the brand into their coaches, into their instructors, into how the journey feels for a client. Great. So you're just taking the inspiration you created in the program you created at Rev and sharing it with more people. Correct. Love it. Love it. And I mean, just to leave your, you know, steady, quote unquote, day to day job to start a spin studio, make that successful, start another one, make that one successful, and then leave the whole thing behind takes so much courage. Where do you uh-huh. think in yourself that that courage came from? Because you weren't, you know, you, you didn't just suddenly have it. I mean, you're, mm-hmm, where, mm-hmm. where do you think that came from originally? Yeah, so I really do believe it comes from my parents. Uh, my parents are both European. They're both migrants. They, they moved from Europe to uh, Africa. Then I was born in Africa. Then they moved to South America. We were living in Chile. So, like, they were constantly moving to make a better living, and I would see them finding that bravery, right? They moved to, to South America without knowing how to speak Spanish. So we were in Chile. None of them knew Spanish, and we were in a new country learning to adapt. And I would, I would see them like themselves working as a team and constantly taking risks. My father is an entrepreneur, and he was constantly taking risks. He would travel, leave my mom alone in Chile, again, not knowing the language. And I was like, I would just look at my mom and go, like, wow, she is so courageous, so brave, taking care of three kids by herself, and then my dad, you know, traveling the world, pursuing his dreams. So I already saw that as a little child that he never, even though he had a family, he never settled for his dreams. He pursued his dreams. He fed the family. He was, when he was present, he was present. When he was gone, he was gone. And my mom took care of of that. But I saw someone that had, of course, you had fear, but he will still do it, still go and um, find courage to create his businesses around the world. And as a child, to see that I was inspired by both of them. My dad, uh, when I was 15, he became incredibly depressed. And then when I went to college, uh, my dad committed suicide. And for me, to see someone of his, um, you know, his power, because for me he was always powerful, commit something like that, life-shattering. I, I completely was hit the ground, broken to pieces. I couldn't believe it. But that also taught me a lesson too, right, that someone that takes risks, that put their lives to that risk level just to find and to pursue their happiness, it taught me a lesson too. And that lesson that my dad taught me is that you can be driven and you should be driven. You should pursue your passion. You need to also find balance and satisfaction on what you do. My dad didn't have that. My dad uh, always looked for the next, always finding, uh, you know, wanting something bigger, more powerful, more money. Uh, He was never satisfied. So his suicide taught me that, Esther, you can be like him, but you need to also be satisfied with your accomplishments. Be proud of what you do. So my courage came from my family and in their journey with their life, they taught me also the biggest lesson in my life. Yeah. And it's hard because as entrepreneurs, the messages that we hear is go, 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 sell, 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 bigger, bigger, bigger. And you forget that 
moment and that now and the courage to stop and to say, holy crap, look what I did. It's awesome. Let me just breathe for a second. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? So Correct. how do you find that balance? How do you, how do you slow yourself down so that you can take that look? For me, self-care, I'm big in self-care. That's one item. And two, travel. Uh, for me, traveling allows to give me a pause in my career. Uh, may it be a long week, it may be a week away. And three is uh, I do a lot of racing. I'm a triathlete. And I race because it's the time for me in my day-to-day -day life schedules that I block off. And it's for me. It's my training that I go running or I go swimming. I go cross-training. I train so then I can compete in a very intense level. For me, Rev, the first two years, I was completely submerged. I, I submerged myself into the business with heart, soul, you know, everything. And I needed to do that, right? The first two years of the business, it's like you, you, you do it or you break. And um, I had to put everything else in a pause. I put my, my marriage in a pause. And I, and I did tell my husband, please, no, like, it's not going to be like this forever. I just need to, like, just dedicate my time to Rev. You know, there was no training. There was no travel. I mean, for the first year, there's no none of that. But I had to do that to make sure the business was a success. And then on year three, it was like, okay, I need to come out for air. And that's when I realized, oh, shit, my, my marriage is uh, not doing well. <laughs> and uh, he was, my husband was like, hey, Esther, like, I uh, understand you told me you were going to go in it all fully, but, but this is a little bit too much. And, I needed, <laughs> and that's one of the moments that I, I stepped back. I was like, you're right. I, I outdid it here, and I needed to step back. And that's when I was like, catch for air and realize, wow, Rev is doing really good but I did not dedicate my time, other things, and that's when I took care of myself. I took care of my, my husband, my own Esther, that I needed to go back into racing. I needed to, like, find that balance, and there isn't a balance, you know. Balance is, is so hard to achieve. Balance, for me, is when I take care of my, my self-care needs, uh, either by going to get my uh, manicure done or a facial done, reading my book, going for a hike with my dog, that's self-care for me. Or even being in pajamas and sleeping in, that's self-care if I need that. And then taking care of my body by doing my own training. And, of course, my marriage, you know, I need all those things to make Esther happy. And then the career, at this point, I've realized that Rev was the dream that I had. And, and at this point, it has filled that, that little bucket you know, that little check mark, and I'm ready to move on to the next thing. Very, very exciting. Well, and, and there is so much courage in that. Though for us gypsies, and I, I grew up in a similar way where we're just moving a lot and going to other things, builds in that sense of courage. Last September, you, you talk about travel and that being part of your self-care and kind of getting completely out of your you know, the place that you're committing all your time so that you can relax and refresh and be ready to jump back into that. You took a bunch of people on a retreat. But tell me about that, because now you're not only driving yourself. Now you're responsible for the experience of a bunch of other people in another country. So talk mm -hmm. a little bit about the courage it took to put that together and execute it as well as you did, because it was a phenomenal trip. So uh, retreat has been something that I didn't want to do for for many years, too. Right? Just like Rev, you know, opening Rev was something that I wanted to do for many years. It was a dream. And a leading a fitness retreat was also one of my dreams. And um, I've been asking myself, I want to do this, I want to do this. But Rev always took preference. And then by year, uh, last year was year four, and that's when my business partner and I were already talking about 
a transition, you know, either he buys me out or I buy him out because we had come to this conclusion that our our goals, our mission for Rev had completely changed. And um, we were going through a transition year last year, 2018. And with this transition, I gave myself this opportunity to, to do my first retreat because I said, you know, I always find an excuse for never doing this retreat. And uh, it's always because Rev, Rev, Rev. And I told myself last year, no more excuses, no more bullshit. Rev shouldn't be an excuse for why you cannot do Rev and also lead your first retreat this year. And so when I gave myself that permission to lead a retreat, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. It was very quick. I didn't want to do it alone for my first one. I wanted to partner with someone that had done this before. So I partnered with someone that I honor, trust, I respect, I look, I look up to. She's been doing this for a long time. And so I contacted Danny Yaruso, who leads uh, retreats with Arrow. And I asked her, Danny, I, I've been wanting to do a retreat. And listen, I think this is the year I've gone to Iceland. I, I loved it. Do you want to co-lead one with me? And we will, you know, set up together. We'll be both co-leaders. And she looked at me. She goes, hell yes. So together we put the, the agenda, and I said, well, my only thing that I want is that this, in, this retreat will be intense, bold, and badass. And uh, Danny's a yoga teacher. She is actually creating her own yoga training for, like, chakras alignment. So she is super knowledgeable on yoga. So she led all the yoga components of the retreat, and I led all the running and the uh, goal coaching components. And... Um, yeah, it was an epic Iceland adventure retreat. It definitely was intense. I loved every second of it. We elevated 20 women. Uh, sorry, we elevated 19 women and one men of all ages, which, which I thought was so phenomenal. We have a 70-plus-year-old woman with us, and I think the youngest was probably 25, I believe. The best thing that came out of this retreat is proof for me that, I can lead a retreat, even though I, I was still a rep owner. And two, how much fun it was. Not only did we elevate the lives of 20 people, the 20 people elevated our lives as well. And I felt the most alive I have been in the longest time. Um, as you know, I do full Ironman, and when I cross that finish line, I feel this immense freedom, love for myself, and gratefulness for life, and when I led the retreat, I felt the same way as crossing the finish line of an Ironman, and I want more of that. From the participant's perspective, it seemed flawless. I don't know whether it was or not, but you guys didn't let on. Nobody saw you sweat. But that was the first time you did that, and I'm yes. sure a very, very scary thing to, mm -hmm. to take on and commit to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have 20 people that are trusting in you, they're spending money coming out of their, you know, their work careers to take a pause, buying a flight, going to a country that they've never been. Many people have fear about travel, right? So, like, what do I pack? You know, as simple as what do I pack or uh, what uh, exchange rate is it over there? What do they speak? What do they eat? You know, there's many uh, fear factors for people that don't travel often. So to be in charge or responsible or, you know, to be the leader of 20 people it's something that I, uh, you know, I do at, at Rev, but, but to be in that level for, for 20 people outside of a country and away from what they feel is comfort, it, it was definitely um, scary, yet 
incredibly like exhilarating just to to be that person to to like say listen guys we're gonna have a blast it's gonna be uncomfortable because we push people past their comfort zone not only physically like during a 10k but emotionally when we're talking about goal coaching goal coaching can be very intense or very superficial and I prefer the intense way, which is definitely a lot of impact in someone uh, because it makes them think uh, not on just their now and their future, but on their past in order to move forward into their present. Awesome. So as you move into this consulting business with other organizations, if you do more retreats with more coaching, you're now not only using the courage you have in yourself, but you're helping to foster it in other people. So how are you doing that? I mean, my, that's one of the things that I try to do as a speaker. My tagline is igniting courage. It's the name of my podcast. It's the name of my blog. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and I try to ignite pe- courage in other people. How do you do that when you're trying to get somebody to walk out of their comfort zone and you can tell that their feet are firmly rooted saying, nope, how do you do it? For me, it's truly you being fully unleashed so I go down to you unleashed in order to for us to walk this birth I feel like a total badass one we have to unleash the beast inside of us and for that you have to like understand that we all have our story and we will never get rid of our story we all have our BS that's in our head talking to us that you're not good enough that you're not worthy enough that you are not powerful enough so it's like first of all it's conquering our past conquering our past by leashing that demon, that voice, the, the excuses, that, that whatever it is that is holding you back, the fear, your, your, our fear is our biggest uh, thing that's going to hold us back. And I'm not saying you're going to do things fearless because fear is always going to hold you back, but it's controlling, knowing your triggers, knowing your stories, accepting them, and moving forward unleashed by actually doing things with, with fear. You're going to do them anyways. So accepting that and then just, completely like saying, I am standing my ground, I know my worth, I am no longer going to take shit from people, I'm going to be kind and loving, but I'm going to say, hey, this is me, and I've got zero fucks, and I'm doing things with love and passion and humility, but I'm going to do it by knowing my worth. And I think a lot of women, especially women, they take a lot of shit from everybody, right, from their marriages, from their co-workers, from their boss. You know, they always say, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry, oh, no, like, fuck that, like, stand up for who you are, let go of whatever are your stories from your past that make you feel like you're not worthy, stand up for who you are, and that's the only way that you're going to gain your power back, by gaining your power back. When you speak about that, I'm sitting here, like, popping my fist in the air as you're saying this, like, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and every time you say that, just the passion that's in your voice, I don't know how anybody couldn't be motivated and inspired and pump their fist in the air when they, when they hear you speak. So it's not at all surprising that you've got people falling along behind you, unleashing themselves. <laughs> so do you have any other retreats in the works, in the plan? Where are we going next is my question. Yay, thanks for asking. <laughs> I am totally, totally thinking, you know, like first I need to definitely close Rev. I'm hoping that it's going to be closing by, you know, the next uh, three days by this week. And uh, in my head, I already have planned. I've got so many places, like I have Puerto Rico in the works right now. I definitely want to do a local, uh, you know, I mean, Puerto Rico is local as America. But I also want to do, like, a hike through the Grand Canyon with Sedona. So it's like, you know, an intense hike going down, sleeping down into the canyon, coming back up and going to Sedona for some really sweet spa moments with goal coaching. 
So those two are happening this year. Um, oh, and then, this year? Uh, 2019? Yeah. We're going to Sedona, Greg. Can you tell me when that is? Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Ah! Okay, that's going to happen in November. <laughs> okay. And then Puerto Rico, I, I, have to, I think it's going to happen sooner because it's something that's so simple. It's, you know, it's going to be a long weekend, like five nights, uh, four nights in Puerto Rico. Very easy, very fast. Well, the Grand Canyon is awesome because I've done that hike four times, and I can never get enough of it. It's, anybody can hike it. You know, we're, we're not going to run down the, the canyon. We're going to walk down the canyon. It's a one-day hike. We sleep down there. Then it's a one-hike back. We take the whole day, all levels. And then the beautiful part of it, if you've never been to Sedona, it's the most magical place in this world. It has all this energies that when you arrive, like even your phone doesn't work properly. It's like it's got so much energy. And um, there's this place that I go there. It's called the Enchantment. And it's in the middle of a canyon. And I promise you, like, you just forget about about life. Like, you, you truly become about the earth, nature, yourself, your integrity. And you truly want to be you living the best life forward. When I lived in Tucson, I recovered from the ending of my first marriage by going up to Sedona. I'd take my dog up, get a cabin, and just hike. And it is so beautiful. Um, whether you believe in all the vortex energy stuff or mm -hmm. not, it is just the most beautiful place. The color, you can't even, the pictures don't even do it justice. It is so amazing. No. So, um, yeah, that's, that's very exciting. Uh, oh, very exciting. All right, well, we're going <laughs> to talk about that. Um, so <laughs> what would make you pause now? You're a courageous woman, and you go through life with your head down, charging at things that make you uncomfortable because you're like, that's how I'm going to grow, that's how I'm going to get better. What right now stops you in your tracks and makes you say, whoa, okay, that's really scary? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you, you, did, you did say something that I want to first evolve a little bit more. You mentioned that, you know, yeah. And I'm going to say it in my own words, like, we need shit in order to grow. We cannot grow as, as humans by being in our comfort zone. It doesn't happen. You're not going to grow by sitting in your couch watching Netflix and your PJs eating popcorn. Listen, I do that too. Like, I have one day of rest. You know, I work out every day and I have one day of rest. And in that day of rest, you know, like, I do have a date night with my husband. We're eating our PJs and we're eating popcorn and we're watching a Netflix. But you can't do that every day. And you cannot just stay in this comfort zone eating your, like, your, your Pop-Tart or whatever the fuck you eat. You've got to get dirty. You've got to get messy. You've got to get yourself out of your comfort zone. It's like that story of the lobster. The lobster grows under stress. When its carapace is already built to its max, the lobster has to break out of its carapace in order to grow a bigger one, but it's under stress when the lobster can break it and then grow it a different one. So like us humans, we need that shit in order to break through and work through it. So what stops me from growing is complacent. It's, it's being just lazy. That stops me. It stops me because it's like I can't, I can't, I don't want to be average. I, I feel like we were all born with this gift. We were all born and our, our fear stops us from growing, you know, stops us from putting more shit on our lives, and therefore we cannot be this extraordinary unleashed human because we are complacent, because we're, we're choosing to listen to our chicken head. We're choosing to listen to fear. We're choosing to listen 
to, you can't do that because you're not good enough. Oh, you can't open a business because you're not smart enough. Oh, you cannot do an Ironman because you can't run five miles. Oh, you can't do that because who, who are you? Or you have a person that's very bratty. Well, I don't want to work out. I don't want to get sweaty. Do you want to grow or do you want to stay comfortable, right? So what stops me is knowing that I could be average at any minute if I just stop pushing myself. So for me, I need to constantly pushing myself, feeling out of my comfort zone, shitting in my own shitting pants. On race day, are you kidding me? I am shitting. I am scared shitless. But I'd rather be shitting shitless than staying in my couch watching Netflix in my PJs. And that's so important because so many people try to slide into the grave never being uncomfortable. The great highs don't come without that discomfort. Totally. And it's discomfort, yeah. but, man, I'd rather, I rather, I rather know that the day that I die, which we're all going to die, you know, and it's okay, death is going to happen when death happens, I'd rather know that I took that last breath going, man, you truly push that body and you truly live the life that you love instead of taking my last breath and regretting not loving the person that I wanted to love, not doing the things I wanted to do, not opening a business that I wanted to, to live for or moving on to the next stage. Because, you know, I could easily stay in rev. I, could be, I would be complacent. It's easy. I've done five years of rev. I have a paycheck. I do more money now than I was before, and I'm leaving that all behind because I have expanded. I've, I've outgrown that dream. Very exciting. And I'm sure Jimmy's all over it, your husband. is. How does he feel about your next step, the next chapter? Oh, <laughs> well, you know, whenever you involve your family, it's so bad. <laughs> because my husband's so supportive. Uh, so he's, he was in the beginning scared. He, he was questioning me, and, and that's his job as a husband, be, to be supportive, but also to, to make sure he's asking the right questions, making sure that I'm not doing something crazy, that I'm not um, give, giving this up because I'm afraid. So it's like he was asking the right questions, even though I was already analyzed my own answer. I want, I, it was great to have, to have someone that is in my own team ask me the right questions. And then, of course, family, never, ever, ever, ever ask for feedback from your family <laughs> because, <laughs> because they love you too much. And not that my husband doesn't love me more than they do, but they love you in a different way. They love you to protect you. My husband loves me to help me grow. My family doesn't want me to grow because when you grow, you are at risk. My mom still has, has an issue with me giving up Rev because Rev is safe. Rev gives me that money. She feels that I would regret it, that I'm making a big mistake, and, but it's normal. It's normal, and, but that, those are good things, right? So you need to have that person in the other side telling you those things, and it's also testing you, do I cave in, or do I tell her, no, this is why X, Y, and Z, why I need to do this for myself. So well, um, and She probably again. felt a similar way when you left your job to start rap, too. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, she told me, don't do that. <laughs> don't open rev you're crazy you're leaving you know a science degree to be a fitness instructor you know and sure you'll own the business but so yeah they, they love us too much they love us too much and so you never should ask for advice from your family unless you um, unless yeah you want to hear the opposite of what you think you should do well and and it's so funny because it, it, they do mean very very well but again mm -hmm. they want to keep you comfortable they want to keep you safe and, and that's what their motivation is, which is lovely, mm -hmm. but it does keep you from burying yourself in the shit and growing. Mm -hmm. Yep, and then 
if you listen to them, you know, then you will be, um, you know, they're questioning you, then you will bring that self-doubt. And so yeah. for that, I have to ask every woman, woman especially that suffer more with self-doubt is like, know your worth. Before anything, know your worth. So then you can stand so solid on your ground that everything that comes to you, your you are is a test. Is a test to your worth. Is a test to who you are, and you hold tight to that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's and that's hard as a speaker. I had to get specific and I had to say, okay, I ignite courage. I could teach leadership. I can teach this. I can do this. I can do this. But this is what I ultimately need to do. I need to know my worth and know where I'm going to give the most that I can. It is up to us, and you say it so well, and it's up to us to say, say our value as a speaker, as a teacher, uh, as a mother, you know, it's to say our value, and then you will be tested. And it's up to you to stand your ground, and it's up to you to really honor your worth. And that's when we're saying no to things that don't honor our worth, that we realize that we find strength, but it's scary as heck. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, for sure. So if, you, if you had one pearl, I mean, there's been a million pearls of wisdom in this podcast so far, but if you had one thing that you wish people would know, one pearl of wisdom, when they're in that shitting their pants moment, what would it be? Take a breath. Take a breath and let that breath sink in. And when you're about to take that next step, exhale and fear will be gone and you're doing it fearless. You have to be unafraid and just take that step. Take one breath. It just takes one, one big breath. Once you take that step, it's on. It's just it's that hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on. Like I love Ironmans because it, it does have so many parallels to life. You know, when you're in the start of that swim and you're in a group of either your age group or in a group of your gender age group or in a group of your wave. You know, it all depends on how we set up the, the start line. And we all have our caps and um, and our goggles are on and we have our numbers. And truly, you don't. You don't have any title. You know, I can have a doctor next to me. I could have um, a teacher next to me. I can have anybody. We have no titles. We have no name. It's only our number exposed. And we're going to war. You know, we're going to war with each other. We're going to support each other because we're going to be together in, in a pack. We're going to war. And we're not going to war against each other, though we are with our numbers. We're going to war to push our own limit, you versus you. You have to raise your own race. You cannot... You cannot outspeed someone because then you were gonna, you're going to lose your race. You have to really stick to your own plan. And that's what I love about racing is that you have to go in your own lane. Even though you're racing against everybody, truly, at the end of the day, it's you versus you. You stick to your own lane. You have no title, so don't think you deserve or own or you merit something. You work hard. You put your head down and just work hard. And um, the beauty of that is that when the bell rings or the horn, that's when you take your last breath and you trust that you've got all the training that you needed and you just go balls to the wall and you hit that wall harder than it hits you. But it's you versus you. And that's a metaphor for life, isn't it? That's a metaphor for starting a business or going back to school or committing to a marriage or whatever it is that scares the crap out of us. That's a metaphor for that. I love it. Boom, motherfucker. <laughs> 
Esther, you never, never failed to, to impress me with your what I call the Estherisms, not letting your chicken head take over. So I thank exactly. you so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy woman and you've got a new chapter to plan, and I'm so excited to watch that unfold and hopefully join you in the Grand Canyon because holy cow, that would be amazing. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your, your passion and your energy. You're one of those people that just, I get all excited when I talk to. So I'm excited to go, you know, cure cancer or something after I get off the phone here. <laughs> awesome. Just awesome. And in the comments, I will uh, make sure that I have your Facebook if people want to follow you, if a website or anything that, so they can get in touch with you as far as retreats and finding out a little bit more about how they can be involved with the Esther Empire Thank you so much for your time. You're a fantastic human, and I'm so glad I know you. <laughs>